My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Marketers Shooting the Shit. Today I am stoked to have my good friend Tony Kindness here. Tony and I go way, way back. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of everyone else whom I've recorded these episodes with and I think I've known you the longest of, wow. every, of everyone else that I've, that I've done this show with. So I'm really excited. You know, obviously there was a few years gap in between uh our contact but we we've recently reconnected and we've gotten to work on a bunch of things together so really excited to have tony here got a wealth of knowledge in the agency world the consulting world and a a number of other uh projects as well so tony what's up man sean thanks for having me i appreciate it very much yeah man uh and thank you for being here i know it's i know you're busy and you know, it's great that you were able to take you know, a, f- a few minutes to uh, to chat today. Yeah, always uh, welcoming when you and I can connect. I, I appreciate the intro, but uh, definitely anytime I can pick your brain and learn from you, I'm I'm open to that opportunity. Uh, please, if you don't mind, I'd love to kind of dig way back to get things started. Um, I, I love this part of these conversations just because it's. You know, part of what I like to dig into is what makes a marketer a marketer. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what would your parents say about young Tony? You know, how would they describe Tony as a as a five year old? Definitely full of energy, never really sat still and very curious. And I think that part of that is what led me to where I am today. Initially, when I was looking for 
what I wanted to be when I grew up. Ultimately, I thought a general manager of a private country club. And my studies in school were really business oriented, uh, a lot of accounting classes and trying to uh, find my way into that space, which I landed a great job out of college and uh, an opportunity presented itself, which took me completely in a different direction. And that's where where I've spent the last 30 plus years uh, in the marketing space. So what leads to that spark of inspiration for it being the general manager of a country club? I think that might be the most specific, you know, what I want to be when I grow up kind of answer I've ever heard. Yeah, I um, grew up in the space and loved the hospitality uh, Mm. side of things. And working through internships, I spent my time uh, at country clubs. And when I got to see what the general manager, what his day-to-day was, it was very intriguing to me because not only were you running something that uh, you had private membership, and had to maintain uh, the the um, the relationships and ensure that everybody was getting what they needed to out of that membership. There was a lot of ups and downs, and mm. I knew that for someone like myself, um, being able to navigate those types of challenges would have not only been exciting for me, but I also would have been able to do it very well. And uh, was excited about, you know, seeing where that went. Obviously, there's a a lengthy road to get to that position. And that's where it started for me as a food and bev director, uh, actually a dining room supervisor into a food and bev director. And then the the changes uh, took place with where I was going to head from there. But yes, it was very specific. And I think that not only... One of the reasons I should say that it was specific was the gentleman at the time where I was doing my internship uh, wasn't just an incredible human being. And I thought that it would be nice to follow in his footsteps. That's really cool. So would you describe yourself as and like just having worked together? I see, you know, that that problem solver side of you you know, is, is really apparent and really, you know, you're, you're, you're putting together the stepping stones that like lead to a solution for somebody, if that's kind of an accurate way of describing it. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how did you break into the world of marketing and, you know, where did that journey go? Yeah. And that's a, a great question because it wasn't something that, as you said, problems solving. Um, I was solving other problems when this opportunity it presented itself and really wasn't something that I had re- considered. Uh, but at the time, I um, had just graduated college, was about six months out uh, down in Maryland, and uh, a good friend of mine from college asked if I could uh, meet up with him because he had an idea that was focused around marketing and uh, at that time, you know, the internet in 1999 didn't have a lot of information out there when it came to different places and things to do. Sure. So we uh, we got together and we launched a city guide for Philadelphia. 
And that opportunity lent itself for us to kind of morph into a boutique agency where not only were we running an online city guide for people to advertise, but at that time, a lot of people didn't have a website. And so we started to offer custom web development that not only were they paying for the website, but also that would help them with being found on our city guide. As we were building these, mostly in the hospitality space, the amount of changes that were coming in, menu changes, price changes, uh, they were faxing these changes to us. And we realized that we needed to build something that would allow our clients to manage their websites themselves. So we started to offer not only custom websites, but also ones that came with the ability to manage the content. And from there, it really started to, uh, to pick up. Uh, we built out over 2,800 websites at wow. the time that I was with, with my old agency and spent a lot of that time in uh, marketing that specific business to attract prospects that we could build websites for. So you mentioned you had a, a partner in this endeavor. I'd love to hear a little bit about the dynamic between you two. Like, how would you describe him versus you? And then how, you know, sometimes that meshes together perfectly and how sometimes it's, you know, your button heads. Sure. We, um, as I said, were great friends in college. He was doing a little bit of moonlighting on the side as we were getting this off the ground. Uh, I initially started off on the business side of it as he was doing a lot of the sales. And then I transitioned to more of the project management side as he was focusing more on the sales. And he and I were, uh, we were excellent together. Uh, We definitely were, you know, as people refer to as Batman and Robin, uh, we could finish each other's sentences. We knew exactly what the other was thinking. It really was a great run for us. You know, after 20 years of being in that that specific industry, that company and seeing you know the growth of the company when we grew to 33 employees, it just uh, it was time for me to make a decision to do something else. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have a great conversation with him. We brought on a third partner. We were able to uh, to find a solution for everyone to be happy to walk away from this. From there, I turned into uh, I, I, I transitioned into a consultant. So, what would you? That, and, and I love that too because I, I think it's it's a journey that a lot of people probably don't consider. Yet, that opportunity seems to present itself a lot, and I think a lot of people find themselves being pretty happy at the end of the day when it's like I I get to go through all of that. So, I I'd love to you know, kind of pick your brain on, you know, what do you, what, what do you find different as far as life as a consultant versus someone who's in the day by day of an agency? I, a lot of it has to do with the challenges of just technology itself. And when I apply my time to learning about like chat GBT and AI and things that I can focus on 
uh, and bring those conversations to the to my clients. When we were doing, uh, when we were going through a, a tremendous growth spurt within side of my old agency, there was there was a lot to manage as far as making sure that everyone was on the same page, a lot of opinions, you know, we wanted to find out if uh, we were offering our clients the next best thing, who was on board, how many people in our office were we going to need to train to be able to understand the process. Uh, and, you know, at the time too, um, there was backlash around some of the things that we were looking at, you know, when, when SaaS became very popular, we were building SaaS products for our clients, and we we went out in one direction to accomplish it. And oftentimes, because of the feedback from our uh, employees, you know, we needed to navigate or do something. And sometimes it was the right decision, and sometimes it was the wrong decision. Mm. And I think just being able for me to surround myself with people who always are smarter than me and will be able to uh, provide you know, great feedback. It allows me to, to focus and make that best decision for my clients as opposed to having to you know, go through the channels of getting this uh, approved by other people inside of the company or just even honestly having a business partner that you know, we both had to agree to uh, to making sure that this was something that we wanted to offer. So do you think it's you know, the, the world of an agency, you know, you have people that have multiple skills, you know what I mean? Like you can kind of lean into that, you know, how do you find your, you personally reacting to, Hey, if we want to like pivot and move into this new thing that's out there and build SaaS products, do X, Y, and Z versus, you know, being a consultant, you know, how have you reacted to you know, the, the fact that it is like, okay, you know, I can be focused now. I can drill into something deep as opposed to, you know, dipping toes in a bunch of different uh, ponds, if that makes sense. It does. I, one of the great things about being on the consultant side is when it comes to bringing on clients, it's a much different onboarding process. I mean, there's it's so much more of an interview process between the two of us um, to make sure that it's a good fit. Mm. And when you have seven salespeople working in your agency, they're looking at you know closing business, and sure. some of those projects that came in weren't always the best fit for our agency. In the consulting space, finding the right partnership is the first thing that I obviously look for. You know, if I'm going to be able to provide what the client or the prospect is looking for. Is it a good fit for me? Do I feel that there's good synergy? And honestly, Sean, most of my current clients are probably some of my closest friends at this point because we navigated a lot together through COVID. Mm. Um, and you know, we, we needed to figure a lot of things out to help them uh, stay open as a business through COVID. And I think that we were both very fortunate because not only did they stay open, but I stayed open and we were able to navigate that together. I love that. Yeah, man. Like that, that's, that's something that not that you don't make friends in the agency world. Like I, I would never imply that, but it, it is a different dynamic because it's okay. You know, there's going to be a lot of hands in this, you know, there's going to be a lot of attention from various people but when it is the consulting side of things 
you know, it, it is all like, Hey, we're going to jive together, man. Like that, that's really kind of what it, what it boils down to. Yeah. And we had, I mean, our, our range of clients were from the mom and pop shops all the way to fortune 50. So, sure. you know, th- there was a lot of different things that needed to be addressed on a daily basis. And, you know, for the mom and pop shop, the smallest hiccup or error that happens, I mean, there's so much of an impact there. And, you know, you want to put out that fire just as quickly as you want to put out the fire for the Fortune 50 company. Um, but in, in my space now and being able to really focus on you know, a handful of accounts, I know that my time is and energy is devoted to, to them. And I'm not overdoing, you know, I'm not overreaching, I guess, what uh, what my day is as in the agency world where you're really just, you know, overextending is really what I meant to say. Um, mm. And I felt like that was happening quite a bit near the end of, uh, of the agency life. So what do you think is different now? You know, you, you were early at 99 starting to put websites out there you know and up until fairly recently you know you were you you kind of saw the big big wave of it where you were helping people put their first website online what 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 are some notable differences now versus back then you know apart from like the technology and and all of that what what do you think is the big difference the marketing component of it is for sure. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at how the sites were built back then, it was really just a brochure. How they have to be built today because of how much competition is out there. Not only just when it comes to the your ranking through Google, but you know, at the end of the day, how it's going to perform on different devices. I mean, responsive didn't exist when we started. Sure. Um, you know, Google didn't have these algorithms like they do today with site speeds and, you know, the, the question and answer type content on the site, how many characters. So I think that, you know, going back to how much is different, not only was the approach different, but, you know, the way that the sites are built today through third parties like Shopify and Wix and Square, I think those, t- those types of companies did a really outstanding job bringing that to the forefront of, you know, what they were going to focus on to allow people to build their own websites sure. at a fraction of what a, cost- a custom website costs. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. Keep the bills paid and the lights on and this fancy microphone in front of me, I guess. But we'll be right back. And when we get back, I'd love to chat uh, about AI, chat GPT, all that fun stuff. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. 
And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. Tony and I decided to stop the recording, meet up together real quick, go run a marathon, and hook things back up and uh, continue this episode. So glad we were able to get some exercise in there over that big, long break there, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> to do my part to keep us healthy. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned before the break, and because you mentioned it earlier in the episode about diving headfirst into AI. I'd love to hear your perspective. Again, being a guy that saw kind of the early days of the internet and now moving towards this, what's likely going to be the next big thing. You know, what, what's your high level take on AI, chat GPT, all that? And then we're going to dig into it a little bit. I think it's a very exciting time to see uh, how things start to unfold. I, I will say that there are some concerns that I have because of how quickly it is happening for sure. Uh, but when you look at the end product or ver I should say the end result of what you can get from this type of technology, it really is uh, a very powerful tool. Um, I, some of the articles that I've been reading about how is this going to impact a, a marketer's uh, position moving forward. And you know, ultimately, it's really about adapting and working alongside of the technology and making sure that you, know, you aren't uh, sitting in the corner because it is here, it's happening, um, and it can replace you if you do not learn about it. Um, but if you are uh, in the marketing world, I think most people are going to take advantage of it and really see how this uh, how this starts to evolve uh, when it comes to writing some content for the website, when it comes to you know, creating different images for the website that you're not necessarily using the same stock photography as the same doctor's offices mm -hmm. in Michigan. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of very unique opportunities that are there, and uh, excited to see where it goes. I, you know, the, I, I think the part that fascinates me the most is that, you know, when this conversation started happening around AI and, you know, what, oh, this is going to replace, you know, a, a certain type of job, you know, data entry. It's going to it's going to replace those like kind of entry level jobs, we'll, we'll say. Mm -hmm. But then chat GPT comes out and their imaging piece that is escaping me right now, you know. They started at the creative end, which was like, oh, that's the part that they can never replace. They can never replace creativity. And then they started there and it was just yeah. kind of like, oh man, this is, this is something different here. Yeah. I, I mean, with everything that's happening as far as the artistic space and how things are being designed through through the AI, you know, there's for sure concerns in, in, in that space. But again, I, I guess if you continue to learn as much as you can about it and start to work alongside of it, then yep. you know there will be opportunities. And I think that you'll start to see some very 
some very cool projects that will start to pop up just from it, whether it's going to be at a data entry level or an artist or a marketer, there's definitely opportunity for everyone to stand and work beside it. And I think the the thing that people get a little paranoid about is the fact that it's like, okay, yeah, they're gonna, you know, copywriting, you know, getting blocked blocks of text, headline ideas, all that fun stuff. Yeah, that that's gonna be able to be done by AI. It already is possible it's like at the end of the day for something to appeal to people though it still has to be a good idea like it it can't you know the the people don't react to just everything or anything rather otherwise like anything would be marketing i mean we all we all know that like (laughs) the the thing i joke around about is and tony we've been along this journey together a few times the the technical industry term for when you get something right the first time when you launch an ad campaign a marketing campaign if you get it right the first time the industry phrase is a fucking miracle like it's Uh just you 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 don't get those slam dunks ever Ever. (laughs) so so i i mean i think that's People are losing their minds as like, oh, it's going to put marketers out of a job. It's like, no, like if you're smart about it, you can just be more efficient with your work at the end of the day. Yeah, it still needs to be personable, right? And I think that with, uh, what is it, chat four that's that's already out there, it seems like that is is more along the lines of giving that that voice, if you will, and not just a, a machine voice, but, sure. uh, you know, it's... But I still think, like you're, like you said, um, it, it has to, it has to res- resonate with people. And some of this content that's coming out at this time is definitely not resonating with people. Definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah and they got they got all kinds of tools now that can also detect, you know, oh, was this written by AI? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's like tools like that can only exist if there's a certain level of predictability to the content being generated. So I think, I think that part of it's really fascinating. So I love talking about that stuff though, the chat GPT AI world. There's okay. opportunities everywhere. And how do you introduce it into the conversation with your clients? You know, I have some that are excited about it. I have others that are ready for it. Um, and then there's others that are just probably in, in absolute no, which is fine because they may not necessarily benefit from it. It would be more something that would just be a bonus as opposed to that will help them stand out with their competition. But um, yeah, the conversations are happening and you know it's going to be exciting time to see where it goes. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really excited to have that conversation too, like further down the road. Just let's see what happens with it because it's going to be really cool because if there's one thing we know about today's world, it's that people there is no shortage of a need for content for people. So that's, that's what the world's all about now. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how, how long have you said you've been in the world of marketing? Uh, so 99 is when I went in and with the agency, I was a little over 20 plus years there. So no, I've been, I'm at 26 years in the space. Wow. And I think that earlier I'd mentioned about 30 because uh, I, I felt that 
through the initial, before we launched the city guide, I mean, there was two years of time that was uh, invested there. Um, so, you know, I'm, I think I'm right about 30 years around uh, this space. So where do you think the world of marketing itself, you know, removing the technology piece, removing all of that, where do you think the world of marketing is going, you know, with just how different people are today? A lot of video, obviously, um, mm. which has been interesting to see. You know, I, I think that even after coming off of the Super Bowl last night and seeing, you know, the types of commercials that are out there, I mean, oh, yeah. there's changes that are happening. Uh, I mean, I, I always go back to last year, even with crypto and the QR code. that found. I mean, that was something that, you know, nobody had, had ever done before. And as... As things continue to evolve, and I know you said not so much around technology, but you know that does support my answer when it comes sure. to video. You know, I, I look at like a, a Mr. Beast and kind of seeing you know what he's doing with uh, his YouTube channel and how he's marketing via Instagram, whether and through his text messaging. Um, you know, they're they're on top of it. They they really are coming at it from all angles. So you're getting, you know, an email, you're getting a text message and you're getting video through a story. Um, so I, I think that there's so many touch points. And if you're not uh, looking for, you know, a text message and it shows up, that's, there it is. If you're not, you know, you're not looking at your text message, but you're reading your emails, there's something in your inbox from. So I think that making sure that you're you're just continuing to come at it from all angles, as opposed to just driving down the road and looking at a, a billboard. Definitely. I love that. So who do you think won? Like, what, what was the best commercial last night during the Super Bowl in your mind? I am not going to pronounce the name correctly, but the, was it Humbly? Is that the TV one? That, yep. Yeah, <laughs> Agreed. That one was pretty, to that be. Was pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, the, the collective, you know, everybody reached for the remote <laughs> <laughs> reaction <Yeah>. nationwide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my wife said, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was telling you before we started recording, I was at the uh, cigar lounge. So there's probably like 30 dudes sitting around yelling at each other. Who's got the remote? Who's <laughs> screwing with the TV? <laughs> That's great. Oh, man, that that was without a doubt. Uh, I put that right up there with the epicness of the crypto.com QR code. Yeah. Like the fact that that ad crashed their server was just like absolutely beautiful and then this year it seemed like every third commercial had some kind of qr code in it i know yeah it's like oh trying to trying to recreate that magic huh yeah. okay i see i see what you're trying to do cool it, it was it was smart marketing that's for sure definitely definitely it's and that and that's kind of circling back to the ai conversation you know that's a certain creativity that uh, you know maybe one day ai is going to be able to think of ideas but this is kind of where you know the 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 uniqueness of a mar of a skilled marketer really comes in yeah and how do you in, in introduce it into you know your clients 
into their marketing? Um, how do you introduce it into the conversations um, so that it's easy for people to understand? But I think you're, you're absolutely right. You know, going, going into the next wave of it, I mean, like we said, it's here. And I think that in the next three to four months, we're going to be very immersed in it. And you know, with us as marketers uh, needing to know what's what's ahead of us. Um, so I would say, you know, in, in three to four months, having uh, a guest on that is really in that space, because I think that you'll be able to, uh, to have a, a pretty in-depth conversation with them about where things are going. Yeah, definitely. And the, it's, it's a conversation I think should be coming out more and more and more for sure. Yeah. So what's next for Tony? You know, what are you, uh, what are you in the middle of? What's, what's exciting? Um, I am in the process of spinning up another company. Stay tuned. That uh, opportunity has been in the works for about six months, and we are going through uh, the final documentation, but uh, very excited about this opportunity. It's going to allow me to still stay on the consulting side of things, but also enter into a space that uh, I'm very excited about and trying to bring some new products to a, uh, a much needed space. Uh, in industry. So I, I'm not asking you to give away what it is because, you know, I, I've, I obviously just don't want to do that. You know, is this completely different from the world of web design? Like, is it a, like a total shift for you or is it? It's, it's more, it's all digital. Um, okay. So it's still going to be in that realm, but uh, yes, not, not really web development, more software applications. Cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. What is your, you know, you see these opportunities, and I, I know you've had a number of entrepreneurial endeavors over the years between, you know, the city directory, development agency, et cetera. Yeah, what, what are the questions that you're asking yourself when you're looking at these opportunities? And, you know, us entrepreneurs, like, like we, we suffer from, or love, whichever way you want to look at it, shiny object syndrome. There's always something cool and new out there. So I'd love to hear from you, like, what, what questions are you asking yourself to kind of determine, like, all right, this is something worth pursuing? Honestly, Sean, at where I am in my life, it's all about the family component of it. You know, am I going to be able to be there for my family? How much time am I going to have? I spent 20 years of grueling 70, 80, you know, hours a week. I mean, you know it when you're trying to get things up and running. And as you're building a company from, you know, you and a business partner to 33 employees, I mean, there was a lot of damage that was done from me having to work so hard around the clock. It was rewarding, but there was also a lot of damage. And yeah. Now that I, we, you know, we, we have a son and it, it's just, that's the first thing that comes to my mind for my wife and my son. Am I going to have time to be there for them before anything else? Awesome. Yeah. Cause it all has to be worth it in the end. I mean, it's, you know, like what else would we put ourselves through this for? And I, I think that's a beautiful answer. Yeah. They, it, it's so true that, you know, you have to. You have to find the, the right balance, work-life balance. And 
you know, it's hard for people when your head is down and you're trying to to build something and and make it successful to even think that there is a balance. There's only, you know, there's a, a handful of people that are able to do it. And over time, you'll figure out a way to learn how to do it. But it, it takes a lot of years um, if you're not familiar with how to how to do that. And unfortunately, I was not uh, capable of doing that in my o- earlier years. But as I've aged up, now I now I know what's more important. Love it. The gift of wisdom, I guess we could call it. There you go. <laughs> well, Tony, this has been absolutely awesome. Like, I, I, I love any opportunity that we get to uh, chat, as, uh, as we mentioned in the beginning. Last question, if folks want to find you, I know you're a hard-to-find guy online, but what, where, where can people get in touch? Yeah, how do people find out more? You're going to find me on LinkedIn. There we go. That, that's the best place to look for me. Awesome. Thank you again for being here. We're going to have links to Tony's LinkedIn and whatever else uh, we decide to put up. Uh, that'll all be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode of Marketers Shooting the Shit, where we try to chat about you know different things in the world of marketing casually. And that's about it for today. Looking forward to seeing you again. Tony, thanks again. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate your time. Take care. Take care. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.